today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. As a junior college coach and having the guys that we had, I mean, Larry Nagel was sitting on the baseline watching games. Um, I had every assistant in the country coming in and talking to our guys. I was building relationships with guys across the country, but not knowing and coming from the Division One level and not understanding that it's who you know and people you build relationships with. I just thought because of hard work, if I got a head coaching job, I would eventually get an opportunity to be be at the Division One level again. Thanks for listening to the Rising Coaches Podcast. This is Adam Gordon. And today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week, we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them, what makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our member spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoy today's episode and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Rising Coaches Association, the biggest coaching tree in all of basketball. Sign up for the Rising Coaches Association now for just $120 a year and become part of our community relationships and development. We talk about it all the time. There's no straight lines in this profession. There's only ups and downs. You need a community that knows exactly what you're going through and has been there before to help lean on during the rough times of the industry. You need genuine relationships, not just exchanging numbers, not just meeting new people uh, at the Final Four in the off season. You should be doing it all year round, and we provide tremendous opportunities to create those genuine relationships all through the year. And finally, development. We have so much content and so many resources so that you can work on your craft and become a better coach. Because we put such a premium and an emphasis on helping you establish new, genuine relationships, it takes all of the political BS side of the business out of the equation for you. All of that gets removed off of your plate. You can just worry about being you, making new friends in the business, and working on your craft and becoming the best coach that you can be and impacting the people that you're around on a daily basis. For more information, visit risingcoaches.com slash membership on risingcoaches.com. All right, next we're going to go to uh, Travis Lewis. Travis is the head coach at St. Francis de Sales. De Sales? De Sales. How do you say that? Sales. All right. Sales. Uh, six years there now, right? No, I actually just finished year eight. Year eight. So time goes fast, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to hand it over to you, Travis, and, and let you talk a little bit about um, your path and your journey and kind of what you built there uh, at St. Francis. Yeah. Um, it's hard to follow Daria up. I mean, she has a expertise. I mean, everybody talks about the, the video expertise. Everybody talks about uh, the graphics. And, I mean, she has the international expertise Whereas I'm just I'm just a basketball coach, um, still searching to find that expertise. Uh, as we talked about, when you gave me the privilege to be in the spotlight, like what would I would, what would I discuss as a high school coach? Um, a lot of times, I feel as if high school coaches kind of get underrated. Um, there are triple the amount of high schools that there are colleges. So I mean, the statistics for people to take high school coaching serious sometimes 
overweighs how how much effort and time and energy that that really good high school programs put into building their craft and, and creating a culture. Um, and, and for me, I take it personal. Um, so first there are stats. I was watching the thing about Michelle Obama and she talked about the difference between stats and stories. So your stats would be what school you went to, where you played at, where you work, the names, the, those different things. Um, and my stats are, uh, I was the division one football player and basketball player. Um, I started four years for football at Eastern Michigan. I started three years for basketball at Eastern Michigan. Um, I'm on seven EA sport video games. Uh, I, uh, I played in China, a couple basketball tours. I played in the PBL. I played in the ABA basketball wise. Um, I played arena one, arena two, um, semi-pro football. Um, I had some workouts with the CFL for football. Um, I've coached at the division one level. I've coached at the junior college level. I've been an administrator at the junior college level. Um, I'm a current head coach. Um, I am the husband of one of the top 10 all time scores at the university of Michigan women's basketball program as a point guard and, and my wife, um, I'm the father of two, two boys. Um, and, and those are really my stats. But I think one of the things that makes, that makes me special and makes me unique is my story. Uh, my mom had me at 15. I don't know who my dad is. Uh, March 10th of this year, um, I lost in the state tournament. March 11th, my wife and I got on a plane and went to Houston for me to go knock on a stranger's door and find out if he was my dad or not. Um, so it, it has been uh, a journey more so as I grow, not for me, but for those around me. Um, my mom had another kid at, at, at 19. My mom kicked me out at 17. Uh, I come from a low income housing. I have every statistical reasoning or excuse to be unsuccessful. And because of that, I like to say sports changed my life. Um, and, and when I add my story to my stats, you know, I said I was a division one football player as a starter for football and a starter for basketball. But the part of the story that nobody knows is that I walked on as a football player at Eastern Michigan. Um, so everything that I've gained from the time I was 17 until now, I've just earned through hard work. And, and what makes my special, my story special and makes me passionate and drives me to work each day is that this is the first profession I've been in where, yeah, you have to work hard, but you also have to know someone. Right. It, the, the, the network and, and the, the community building and the resources in order to grow and improve is solely based, not solely based, but heavily based and weighed off of who, you know. And I'm grateful for rising coaches from the standpoint of they created that platform, given the fact that this is unique territory for me. Um, so just to get back into it. Uh, after I got done playing and, and being a professional, I got into the coaching realm. I came home. Um, I signed a contract to play in Nicaragua, $2,500 a month, $400 a win. I thought I had hit the lotto. Um, the deal fell through. I got to the airport. The team never paid for the ticket. I was on the phone with my agent, back and forth, back and forth. Ended up not going. Um, I got back to the arena. The only thing I could think to do was go work out. And my college coach said, man, you know, I think you'd be a really, really good coach. I got a graduate assistant position open. Won't you be a GA? Um, and being a GA for me was unique because I played for the coach that I was a GA for. I mean, I was his captain for, for three years. Uh, my best friend was the point guard. So 
when I came on staff as a graduate assistant, I didn't have the unique story of other graduate assistants because I was looked at as just another assistant coach. I mean, I was in charge of all the video, player personnel. I would work guys out after after practice. We would do pool workouts as a team. Like I was given so much responsibility because my coach trusted me. Um, it was at one point we were playing at uh, Mississippi State and my po- our point guard broke his nose, which is my best friend. So I walked to the end of the bench and I'm checking on him and the trainer's checking on him. And the head coach walked down and said, man, sit down. He kind of snap on me. And then we go in the back and he says, you know, if you can't play your role, then I'm going to have to fire you. And that was the first time I had a chance to like separate playing from coaching and understanding the different roles and responsibilities. Um, but that year for me was very, very valuable because it gave me a taste of just the lifestyle of being a division one coach. Um, having to be there four hours before practice and staying there two hours after practice and the responsibilities of running recruits being on campus and building relationships across the across the campus. Um, it was just a different, it was a different lifestyle, um, a different perspective perspective on the game. And it was one that I, I, I fell in love with. Um, when my GA year was over, I ended up going to, my wife graduated, she's from Toledo. We moved to Toledo. I applied for a couple of high school jobs. During that process, I reached out to the guy at Owens who had recruited a couple of my friends that had played at Owens Community College. And he said, coach, I, I got a spot open on my staff. Why don't you just come be an assistant for me? And it, it just worked itself out. Um, coach Skaggs, who recently won the state championship at, at the division three level in, or class C level in Michigan. Um, but he said, I, I see value in you. So come over, be on my staff. Um, I worked with him for a year. And during that time over Christmas break, our athletic director died. They created two positions when he died as a head AD and an assistant AD. And I got hired as the assistant athletic director in charge of compliance. Um, and I was over 168 student athletes. I was in charge of all compliance issues with the NJCAA. Um, I was the academic advisor for all 168 student athletes and all eight teams, um, as well as being an assistant coach. Um, and then at the end of our first season, this, the president actually fired Coach Skaggs, and I was the interim head coach for six months. We didn't hire anyone until October, so he got hired. He got fired in February. We didn't hire anybody until October. So it was four, five months that I was in charge. Um, I ended up signing the entire class. That that class of nine guys that I signed um, ended up going to the NJCA tournament, national tournament. Uh, one went to the University of Miami to play. Two others went to Marshall, um, and then three others played Division II, and and the rest of the guys on that team played NAIA. So it was it was my only true recruiting class at the college level, and I had some success from it. Uh, and then after the time was over and I interviewed, I just knew I was going to be the head coach, and I wasn't selected as the head coach. So I got on with Dave Clark, who they ended up hiring from Mock Community College, and Dave taught me a lot in a short period of time. Um, I can't say that I've been around extremely high knowledgeable guys offensively. So I've learned the game from the time I became a pro until now. And Dave introduced me, Coach Gags introduced me to the Kansas high-low. Dave introduced me to the Memphis dribble drive. I really learned his, his offensive approach, his different technical breakdowns, what happens on the offensive end. Um, and at the end of our, our first year together, I just wanted more. Like I was ready to lead the interview process, being an administrator, um, being in charge for five months made me hungry to, to, to lead my own program. Um, and I ended up 
taking the coach, the coaching job at Toledo St. Francis. And, and when I took over at St. Francis, I think this is when life changed for me um, in two ways. Um, as a junior college coach and having the guys that we had, I mean, Larry Nagel was sitting on the baseline watching games. Um, I had every assistant in the country coming in and talking to our guys. I was building relationships with guys across the country, but not knowing and coming from the Division One level and not understanding that it's who you know and people you build relationships with. I just thought because of hard work, if I got a head coaching job, I would eventually get an opportunity to be be at the Division One level again. Um, and I walked away from it. And sometimes I look back and I say, you know, walking away from that really took away networking opportunities from me from having guys and having kids um, that I coached. But running my own program has has really built me into has really put me in position to be successful as a college head coach one day. Um, St. Francis has been a blessing. It is uh, I will compare it to a Division two institution. I mean, it's twelve thousand dollars a year to go there. It's an all-boys school. Um, it's a private school. Uh, I am asked to recruit academic students to come play basketball at St. Francis. Um, and we have an active alumni base. I've, I've had alumni take me and my wife to Trevor City for weekend trips. Um, I've sat in meetings and at lunches with alumni to uh, have them write 5,000 checks to take my team over to, to different trips in different places. Uh, I've been at golf outings. I've been at community service events. Um, it, it's just it's just grown and helped me develop as a coach in so many ways. Yes, I mean I ran the beeline two guard offense one year. We ran Memphis Drive one year. This past year, with the size and the team that we had, we ran the Bill Self High Low offense. We have a ton of ATOs and baseline out of bounds and sideline out of bounds. We run the pack line offense. We we press after after made free throws. So yeah, the basketball piece I've learned and I've grown and I've developed in that. But I think the way I've become a leader because of the position I am has, has just, it's, it's turned me into a, a different person. I've never read a book start to finish, even having a master's degree um, until I became a head coach. Um, I, I, uh, I read it because I needed to grow. I needed to learn how to, how to work. I, I say head coaching and coaching is social work. I mean, it's 80% social work. You're dealing with attitudes and, and emotions and, and, kids growing and maturing and they mature at all different ages. You got to make yourself better on how to handle different situations. Um, I, uh, I had a kid shot in the drive-by and he never played for me. He was a JV kid. He got shot in the drive-by. Um, he was a big time football player at our school. I walked into the hospital and I said, listen, it's time to get out this bed. It's time to get healthy and it's time to go home. And a, a week I went up there every day. I worked with him. I worked with him. I worked with him. It was time to go home. He looked at me and he said, coach Lewis, I can't go home. He said, if I go home, I ain't going to have nobody to help me take care of myself. Kid ended up living with me for four months. Um, ended up graduating from high school. Um, has a kid now, a successful dad, goes to work every day. Um, never played for me at the varsity level. Never started for me. It was just me making his life better. Um, I fast forward like four years later. This kid came from a low-income household. I had another kid who played for me a little bit. Never was a starter. Never was a captain. Played probably eight or nine minutes a game. He left and went to the University of Dayton. He was, he was there for two weeks. Alcohol and drugs got the best of him. He got kicked out. He came home, got into it with his parents, ended up going to jail. I walked him out of jail. I brought him to my, he, I brought him to my, hit my house. I talked to his parents. His mom said he couldn't stay there. I got him involved with rehab. 
I met, I helped mend the relationship in between the parents. And now he's at Coastal Carolina, gonna graduate in, in two years. These are things that as an assistant or not being a head coach, you wouldn't have an opportunity to change people's lives. Because like I said at the beginning, basketball changed my life. Like sports gave me an opportunity to not be a statistic. I was on my way to college and my mom said, you going there to play football or are you going there to get a degree? I said, I'm going there to play football. I was always told that if you got a college degree, you were going to be successful. And what I found out is that you have to first figure out what tax bracket you wanna live in. And then you have to get the right college degree that goes side by side with that tax bracket. But I've never had people around me knowledgeable enough to tell me that knowledge. So now I just take the lessons I've learned and the things that I would do different and incorporate them into my program. Um, I've been able to because of how I grew up. I mean, when I took over at St. Francis, you were not allowed to fundraise. And I had a negative $1,200 balance budget. I've raised a budget of $22,000 a year without fundraising. Um, I've talked about the alumni support. And I, I mean, I played 40, 40 different scrimmages over the summer in the month of June. We play at 15 different colleges. Um, each year, my last five teams have went to Miami twice, Houston and Dayton on 10 day trips that would be equivalent to a international trip that the colleges take every four years. Like I've done everything possible to mock it and give our kids a division one experience. And what I tell our kids, I say the only thing that I, that, that I ask for out of this is that you pay it forward, right? You, you get a division one experience. And it, the only way you can play for me is that if you truly love it, if you don't love basketball and you're not here to hoop, this is not the right program for you. But if you do, you're going to be prepared to one play at the next level. And two, I'm going to change your life in some form or fashion. Um, and I just felt important with this spotlight to be able to highlight a lot of those things because oftentimes, because I'm a high school coach, I feel like when opportunities show up, I don't get a chance to sit at the table and talk about the growth, the development, the uh, the experience that I have as a coach. I mean, there are some guys that will get small college interviews that have never called a timeout. They've never walked the sideline. They've never had to interact with referees. And I've ran youth camps. I've uh, done scouting reports. I've done. I've ran coaching clinics. It's just everything that you can do as a coach, I've done. And I just felt like having an opportunity to be in the spotlight and talk about those good guys at the at the high school level that are prepared to rise. I think that's that's what's so unique about rising coaches is just showing and telling your story on how you're ready to to, to rise. So um I guess that's the gist. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay, quick break to talk about one of our sponsors. I'm excited to tell you about them. We have a new partner. They're called Fulcrum Tech. Fulcrum Technologies works with teams in the ACC, SEC, Pac-12, uh, and more to solve their video needs while saving them money. Angles, their elite video analysis product, allows multiple angle video analysis, in-depth statistics, and importing and exporting of data and video from other systems, all while saving teams thousands of dollars. Fulcrum's Piston product can give you multiple angle instant replay right on the court, both for officials and for immediate teaching. Send them a DM on Twitter at Fulcrum Tech without an H at the end. So F-U-L-C-R-U-M-T-E-C uh, or email sales at fulcrumtech.com to learn more. Do more, save money, regain the leverage 
with Fulcrum Tech. Travis, what 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 do you want next? Um, I, I want to be a small college head coach. Um, being a head coach has has really driven me to to understand the value. See, I'm a dad, so when you don't have a dad, you value being a dad. Like that's that's when when you are raised by just your mom. Now, I had a stepdad later in life, but you value being a husband and, and, and being able to spend time with your wife and spend time with your kids. And being a head coach has allowed me to create a schedule of high intensity and still give time and attention to my family. So when I sat back a couple of years ago after leaving the Rising Coaches Clinic and said, what path do I want? I think there's two paths to get to my ultimate goal, which is to be a Division One head coach, is A, be a Division One assistant and hope that that group wins and you get an opportunity because they've won or take the beeline approach and just always be a head coach and just win where you at and, and, and grow where you are and, and keep getting opportunities because of what you've put into it. Um, and I'm not negligent to any one of those paths still. I think for me at being turning 36 tomorrow, the best path for me would be as a head coach, but, but never passing up the opportunity to be a division one assistant because I know that I could have success at that, at that level. Yeah, that's great. Does anybody have questions for Travis before we let him go? Yeah, happy birthday from yeah. Daria on the chat. I think um, one thing that I would want to add, Adam, that you oftentimes at the high school level get overlooked from is the recruiting aspect. The guys say, oh, you need a recruiting experience. You need a recruiting experience. You need a recruiting experience. Um, in Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, South Florida, Texas, there are very, very strong high school recruiting ties between me and the guys in, in those locations. Um, and every kid is not mandated to play AAU, but every kid is mandated to go to high school. So when you have a relationship across the state with, with high school coaches, um, with, with people at that level, it, it really, it gives you a recruiting base. But I think the best tool and growth that I've had as a recruiter has been being at Toledo St. Francis. I mean, I'm convincing a 13 year old boy to go to an all boys Catholic institution. And then I'm convincing their parents to play $12,000 a year in order for them to have an opportunity to play basketball. I think that's a pretty tall task. Um, I think that's something that gives you an upper hand in having different strategies, techniques, and methods in order to um, learn how to recruit, have a solid recruiting base, and, and build relationships amongst families and students and kids and relate to them. Um, so I just appreciate you. Um, I appreciate Rising Coaches. I appreciate the opportunity. And, and what you're doing is, is, is life-changing for a lot of people in more ways than you could ever imagine. So I appreciate it. Thank you, Travis. Great job, man. Well done. Well said. Hard act to follow. So I'm not even going to try. <laughs> We're going to drop the mic and leave it there. But appreciate you guys. Um, and we'll keep doing this every Wednesday and give other rising coaches a, a opportunity to be in the spotlight and kind of showcase who they are and what they're about. So thanks, Travis. Thanks, Daria. Great job. Thanks, Adam. Good job, Dario. Thank you all. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. 
The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com.